This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Today, we're talking about a tendency among those of us who work in social justice and how to overcome it, and that is the savior complex. Uh, In a way, preaching to myself as well uh, in this uh, podcast, but I used to be so attached to the idea that I was doing something important, but God broke me of that. Uh, Now I encourage people that they can do things themselves. So rather than me trying to fix people's problems for them, Uh, show them that they can do it themselves. And it amazes me that when given the option, people can rise up and overcome obstacles without me as their personal savior. And uh, people do get creative when they need to. Now, I have applied many times for the job of savior, just so you know, and found out that the position is already taken. So in case you're thinking about applying for that job, it's already taken. And the person who has the position doesn't plan to retire or quit. So I guess I just need to relax and recognize that I am an unpaid intern forever. And uh, there's a parable that Jesus gave in the gospels where he says, talks about uh, the person who does a certain job for an employer and expects to get a bonus for it. And the employer's surprised and says, well, you're just doing what you were expected to do. Why should I give you a bonus? And Jesus kind of gives us the idea, the same thing. God has given us a job in creation and we shouldn't be expecting extra pay, so to speak, for doing what we were just simply asked to do, but that's okay. You know, that's okay, because in the work of social justice, there are enough stresses and disappointments to deal with that I don't need to add solving the people's problems to the mix. Now, as we get into this, I want to talk about uh, something we have to be reminded of before we get into talking about the Savior complex, and that is the reality of our passing. Um, ever, have you ever watched a super interesting movie and then a couple years later, someone mentions the movie and you forgot that the movie even existed? Or did you ever love a super famous actor or actress and then have times you can't even remember their name when you're trying to talk to a friend about them? Can you name, now try this, can you name All the people who have meant something to you at some point in your life, can you name them all? And the answer is no, you can't because you can't remember them all. You see, this life is a motion picture filled with passing scenes and passing actors. 
We too are a passing scene in this life. Soon you will be gone and you will be forgotten. And so will I. Uh, today, uh, as I record this, Tina Turner, the great rock star Tina Turner, passed away today. The age of 81, may God rest her soul. And, uh, you know, she was famous. She was known. Here in a few years, people aren't even going to think about her again. You may think about her if a song comes on the radio, but that's about it. Uh, we are passing and will soon be forgotten. And, but when we develop the savior complex, especially in the work of social justice, we believe ourselves to be more important than we really are. And the fact is, injustice existed long before you and I came along. It will exist long after we're gone. There were saints who were warriors of justice in the past. There will be in the future. And you and I are just in a string of people that God has used to try to rectify the problems in the world. I remember uh, a guy, I won't name him, but there was this homeless guy in Portland that I had met with and I see him from time to time and say, Hey, how you doing? Uh, great to see you. Hope you're having a good day. Um, and we would chit chat a bit. And one day I ran into him after it's, I had probably hadn't seen him for four or five years and I ran into him and he looked really cleaned up and good. And I said, wow, you look good. What happened? He said, I just want to thank you so much. I've gotten my life together. I've gotten off drugs. I've got my family together. I've got a place to live. I'm doing great and a job. And he just thanked me so much for all he did to help him. And I said, well, I don't really remember doing anything. And he said, what I did was ask how his day was, and I was just there, and it caused him to realize and inspired him that he could do the rest. And yet, on the other hand, there's people I've poured myself into who to this day just remain down at the bottom. <laughs> so between those two scenarios, I recognized it's not about me. And I'm really not the savior. I'm really not the solver of problems. In fact, I ran into this week a, a prayer by Thomas Merton that I had forgotten about. It's called the prayer of not knowing, of unknowing, the prayer of unknowing. And you should read that. It's in his uh, book, Thoughts on Solitude. I think it's page 79, something like that. Page 74, 79. Uh, in Thoughts on Solitude, but his prayer is basically, I know nothing, I am nothing. In that prayer, he says, God, the fact that I think I'm doing your will doesn't mean I'm actually doing your will. You know, it's just these, these, this, this humble prayer that I really am not all I'm cracked up to be. And so the first step to overcoming the Savior complex is just realizing that the Savior is eternal and you're not. Not to mean that you're not going to live eternally, but you're not, uh, you're not all that. You're not the creator. You're not the cause, the first cause of all things. You are a creature. Uh, my spiritual director is a monk at a Trappist monastery in Oregon. And I was, uh, last month I was meeting with him and he said, Michael, you need to be content with being a creature and understanding your limits as a creature. And I was like, yes, good reminder. 
Yeah. A passing creature on this earth. Now, what are some of the causes of the savior complex? Why do we get into that mode? Well, I think one of them is we're trying to fill a void within ourselves. Now, we have a void in our soul, and that void can only be filled with the infinite. And what happens is because our souls are infinite, they can only be filled with the infinite, hence prayer and meditation. We try to fill that infinite void of our souls with finite things such as relationships and money and sex and power and jobs and uh, uh, um, television and sports and whatnot. And it, can, it can't do the job. So we have to fill our infinite souls with the infinite in order to be fulfilled. And But when we don't do that, we have a void. And sometimes I think we think somehow we can fill that infinite void by being really good social justice warriors, pretending that we're saving the day for people. I've been there. I've done that, if I'm going to be honest. I think another uh, second cause of the savior complex is needing to be needed out of woundedness. So we're wounded. There's a book out I'm reading right now called The Wounded Healer and by Dr. Rada. And I... Um, uh, I thought it was funny because I get this book handed to me and then I'm reading it. And then this morning I had a zoom meeting in which, uh, he was doing a training on healing yourself so that you can heal others. But I think, you know, we're, we're wounded and God calls wounded people to heal others. I mean, he called the disciples, the apostles, to go heal others, as, and they too needed healing. Uh, so God causes the wounded, or calls the wounded to go heal others. But out of that woundedness, somehow we need to be needed. And if there are people who are hurting, they need our help, somehow it gives us that sense of being needed. Uh, but it's an illusion. It's not real. And so we have to, to, to make sure that we're avoiding that need to be needed. <clears throat> uh, I think a third cause, savior complex, trying to soothe a wound. So it kind of goes with the second cause, but trying to, to soothe that wound, but it can't be soothed by helping others. It can only be soothed and healed by God. Another reason is pride. Just flat out pride by thinking, wow, I'm all that. Look what I'm doing. Oh, wow, that was awesome how I helped all these people. That's pride because we fail to recognize I am nothing. I'm just a servant in the house. It is God who is doing the work. I like what St. Paul says in the New Testament. He says that... You know, Apollos planted, I watered, or I watered and Paulus planted, I can't, or I planted and Paulus watered, however he said it, but God is who made the plant grow, speaking of the church. And so we have to recognize in humility, I am actually not the one bringing about justice. I'm not doing anything. And as Saint, as Thomas Merton would say, 
I almost said St. Thomas Merton, and Thomas Merton would slap me for that. Because Thomas Merton said, please do not canonize me after my death. I don't want to be domesticated. <laughs> That's so Thomas Merton. But Thomas Merton would say uh, something like that. Like the fact that I think I'm doing justice doesn't mean I actually am doing justice. You know, we have to leave it up to God and just do what be obedient in the moment. In fact, out of that prayer... I want to bring this as important to this point. It doesn't mean you shouldn't work for justice because Thomas Merton says, God, the fact that I'm doing your will doesn't mean I'm actually doing your will, but the fact that I want to please you is what pleases you. You see? So the fact that I want to bring justice and serve those suffering injustice, the fact that I want to do that to please you, God, then God is pleased with that. God doesn't care what the results are, what results you bring about, because you can't actually bring about any results. We have no influence on the incomes, uh, the outcomes, and probably the incomes as well. If I, uh, but I, we all have attachments and uh, in our lives. Maybe we're attached to money, attached to relationships, attached to, to whatever. You name it. And we have to break those attachments, as uh, St. John of the Cross would say. We have to break those attachments if we're going to be one with God and experience eternal happiness and joy. And one of the attachments I've had over my lifetime is the attachments to outcomes. And talk about, I used to manipulate people and situations so bad to the point where I drove myself insane in my mind, trying to achieve a certain outcome until God broke me of it. And God finally just humbled me so much to show me, Michael, you have zero influence over outcomes. In fact, it's not even zero. It's in the negative column of my influence to be able to, uh, to bring about certain incomes, uh, outcomes. Why do I keep saying incomes? Uh, Maybe I'm short on cash right now. Who knows? Subconsciously, I'm saying that. Uh, but outcomes. And so I, uh, um, I, I do the work of justice because I am seeking to be obedient to God who has commanded us to, do, to live justly. But the outcomes are God's, not mine. I'm just here in a small very sliver of a time slot in eternity and I'll do the best I can in my brokenness and I'll leave the rest up to God. So pride is a cause of the savior complex. Humility is the solution to that. Uh, another cause of the savior complex is self-importance. I mean, I get so tired in society of these people who act so self-important. I'm driving an electric car to save the earth. Oh, how self-important you are. I am helping fight racism. Oh, how self-important you are for doing that. But we do. We're so stuck on ourselves. And somehow, we're really not doing it for the person who needs our help or doing it for ourselves. 
And then maybe a final reason, and you can probably think of others, please email me. I'd like to hear your reasons why you think we get the Savior complex, but false identity attachment. We're just attached to a false identity of ourselves. And we don't realize we're not the master of the house. We are a servant in the house. Servants don't call the shots. Servants don't get to enjoy the outcome. Servants just do the job that they're called to do. Now, how do you overcome the savior complex? Maybe right now you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm acting like I'm the big boss. Well, how do you overcome the savior complex? One, and this is important. This is one that I have to constantly be reminded of. Relax and have fun. Yeah, relax and have fun. Get away from the work and just enjoy life. I live in a coastal state. I live in Oregon. And it's just an hour or so from the coast where I live. Just get in the car, drive to the coast, sit on the beach, and do nothing but just enjoy the smell of the salt air, the wind off of the ocean, the waves, kids laughing, running around on the beach, the mountains, because Oregon's coast is beautiful the way the mountains come right out of the ocean onto the land. You know, just enjoy it. Enjoy a good dinner at one of the restaurants on the coast or wherever you live. Just get away and relax for a minute and just enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy life. God made the coast. Go there. God made the river. Go there. God made the mountains. Go there. God made the the forests. Go hiking. Enjoy what God has given us. Balance the work of justice with fun and refuse to miss any moment that God gives you. That's the first step. Second, the second step to overcoming the Savior complex is to realize that the real Savior, Jesus Christ, got away too. He had fun. It says in the Gospels that he would go to parties. He would eat and drink. And he drank alcohol, by the way, hate to, for our evangelical brothers and sisters to be offended, but he drank alcohol. How do I know that? Because the people that observed his ways of going to parties called him a drunk. They said, John the Baptist, you know, they judged John the Baptist for one thing, and they judged Jesus as another as being a drunkard. Now, Jesus wasn't a drunkard, but why would they... Con- and be thinking he was because he was drinking wine and eating good food with his friends. And by the way, even his enemies, because I noticed in the Gospels at one point that he was eating at a Pharisee's house and the Pharisees started confronting him during the dinner. So Jesus would even go eat dinner with his enemies. But even the real Savior got away and just either prayed up in the mountains, it says, or he would just go to a party. He would enjoy life too. He wasn't, Jesus wasn't all serious all the time. Now, no work of social justice can happen without prayer and meditation and rest. So rest first, pray and meditate first, then do the work of social justice. Third, Third way to overcome the Savior complex is heal yourself. 
and allow God to heal you so that you aren't trying to fill a void. That void, fill it with the infinite. Uh, A fourth way, and this is something I do in my own life, is say the memento mori each morning to get a reality check. Memento mori, Latin, remember, you will die. Every morning I say that phrase to remind myself, today, Michael, you could be dead before the sun sets. So just a reality check as you go throughout the day. Fifth, get friends and a spiritual director or a guru who will help you be honest about yourself. I have a spiritual director, a monk at a monastery. I've got friends who tell me the straight truth about myself. Now, I wrote this down, and then about three days after I made this note, I had a friend. I was on the phone with her. We were chit-chatting for about an hour. And she said, you know, I have this other friend that keeps judging you, Michael. And I finally took a stand and defend you and said, yeah, Michael's got his faults, but he's also a good man. And as I heard that, I thought, gee, thanks for telling me I've got faults in my life. And she's like, yeah, Michael, you do have faults. And then she started naming my faults and she didn't very loving. I thought, yeah, that's a good reminder. That's a good friend who's honest with me like that. And that was very humbling. If I had a savior complex this week, I was destroyed in that moment when she reminded me I'm not so perfect. But a good spiritual director and friends will help remind you of that. A sixth way to overcome the savior complex is choose humility. Then God will make sure you stay humble. Trust me on that. Seventh, evaluate your successes and failures. By the way, uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola uh, has that as the examine of conscience that you do at the end of each day. You examine your failures and successes of the day. Praise God for the successes. If you were actually able to see justice happen through your work during that day, say, thank you, God, that you brought about that income or that outcome. What is my deal today with this? Wow. Thank you for bringing about the outcome of this. It was you. You, God, are the one who gave me strength and wisdom to do the work of justice. You're the one that put me in that situation. You could have put anybody in that situation, but you chose me. Thank you for that. And thank you for the positive outcome. And then also in that examine, evaluation of successes and failures, allow the failures to keep you humble. Don't brew. Don't say, oh, I'm such a loser. Look at the failures today. Now, don't do that. Just allow the failures to keep you humble and remind you I'm not the one in charge and knowing that I'm not all that. The other day I was supposed to meet a friend And they didn't show. So I texted to ask them where they were. And they had forgotten about the meeting. (laughs) I laughed to myself and said, well, Michael, this is a reminder that you're not as important as you think you are. The fact is that we are all small and we are all passing. The task of social justice belongs to God, not to us. We're just called to faithfulness and obedience. So let's approach social justice with a little more humility as we seek to create a just society right where we are. 
You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.